The grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church. Especially if you're visiting with us today, we're so glad that you are here. On each one of the pews near the center aisle, there is a friendship pad. It's a black folder. And we'd love to have you take it and fill it out and let us know that you're here with us, whether you're visiting or you're regularly here. You can see some of the announcements. Today is pancake breakfast. Our deacons are eager to host you over in Tankersley Hall to a wonderful breakfast after this service. And they will also be there after the second service. All sorts of things in addition to the pancakes, and you can just pay at the door. It's a great chance to hang around and have a chat with some people, too. Our new members class is next Sunday. It is going to be at the 10 o'clock hour. And if you've been thinking about checking us out and finding out more about us, or maybe if you're ready to become a member here, we invite you to do that. If you sign up ahead of time, it's helpful for us, and you can pick up a booklet that kind of uh, describes the church to you and tells you more about us. But if you don't sign up ahead of time, we'll let you come in the door anyway. So that'll be next week at 10 o'clock. Our third Friday group invites you to join them this month as they hear about Life Water, which is a group that provides water around the world, and it's a group that was heavily supported by our Vacation Bible School children this last summer. We thought you'd like to know more about that ministry and the way they're helping so many people. Our deacons will be meeting tomorrow night, and they invite you to join them if you are interested in learning more about some of the resources in our community to help seniors. Uh, Martha Hernandez, who is one of the counselors over at the Suzy Q Center, is going to be speaking, and she is quite an expert on that. We have heard her before, and Martha is amazing. So she will talk right at 7, and if you would like to come and hear that part of the deacon meeting and then go home early, you are very welcome to join us. We meet in Tank Hall. And our fall book group meets this Tuesday. We are discussing being mortal and when breath becomes air. If you haven't started reading them, you can read real fast and you can join us. As part of our anniversary celebration, right at the very beginning of the year, we ordered something that you haven't seen yet, and that is we have Christmas ornaments that are marking our 100th anniversary, and those are available today. Uh, all of the carts are in tank halls to stay out of the drizzle, and you can find the cart there and get one of those ornaments to remember on your Christmas, in your Christmas celebrations the anniversary of our church. There will be a congregational meeting on Sunday the 19th to elect our new officers, and the mission outreach group is accepting donations today for holiday meals for military families at Camp Pendleton. The flowers this morning mark an anniversary for Sally and Dave Norman, 58. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we are so grateful that we can come into your presence this morning with the awareness that you created us each, that you have the hairs on our head numbered and our days calculated. We pray this morning that we will be put in touch with your wisdom from above. In this time in which we struggle with your eternity and our mortality, we thank you that we can lift our prayers to you. We remember saints who have worshiped with us in this place, and who are now in their heavenly rest, awaiting the fullness of time with us. So we ask that your Holy Spirit may bless your word this morning, and that we may be your faithful people, filled up with your presence 
We pray in your name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship. Listen. The voice of God calls out across the ages. We, we hear, hear and, and respond. respond. We, we rise, rise up to worship God from the valleys, the, valleys, the, the mountains, mountains, and the, the plains. Like a shepherd, God leads us and tenderly gathers us together. Comfort, comfort, O oh my people, says our God of love. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So let us stand and praise God together. May Jesus Christ be praised. Yeah. 
Let us be seated, church. Merciful God and Father, loving us like no other, hear our prayer this morning. The cry of our hearts as we come to you. Lord, we will acknowledge our transgressions. our hearts with your healing grace. Please join me for our prayer of confession. Merciful God and Father, we confess to you our forgetfulness. We confront today our waywardness. We confess that we have sinned and fallen short of your glory. To turn and look honestly at our past is to recall both your great acts of love and kindness, as well as many moments and situations where we know we have failed you. Even still, your love remains. Merciful, Merciful God, God and Father, forgive, forgive us, heal us, us, crown us again with your acceptance and care. Satisfy the real thirst of our souls. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Lord, your, your kindness, kindness and steadfast love are meant, meant to lead us to repentance. 
Let us now take a moment for personal silent confession. Amen. Hear the good news. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. As a father has compassion for his children, the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Last summer, when I was planning texts for this fall from the Psalms, chose Psalm 90 for this All Saints Sunday, and uh, not realizing at the time how relevant it would be to my life and to, to all of our lives. So Psalm 90 um, purports to be a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you've been our dwelling place, our refuge, in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn us back to dust and say, turn back, you mortals, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it is past 
are like a watch in the night. You sweep them away. They're like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are consumed by your anger. By your wrath we are overwhelmed. You set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. For all our days pass away under your wrath. Our years come to an end like a sigh. The days of our life are 70 years, or perhaps 80 if we're strong. Even then their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger? Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. So teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Turn, O Lord, how long? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love so that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us and as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be manifest to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and prosper for us the work of our hands. Oh, prosper the work of our hands. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The psalmist was very much aware of the spiritual environment within which he lived. He knew the history of his own people. He knew God's story with his people. He knew the creation story. Especially that second creation story in Genesis chapter 2, where it says that the Lord God reached down into the dust of the earth, into the ground, and he formed Adam out of the dust. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. always think of that story in relationship with Ezekiel 37 of the valley of dry bones and dead Israel on the stage of world history in Babylonian captivity without hope, dead, no future. And the Lord asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Can they come together? And Ezekiel says, you alone, O God, no, no. And the Lord said to him, prophesy to the bones. And Ezekiel did so. And as he did, the bones began to move in that valley of dry bones. And they came together. Of course, they symbolized Israel, dead, without hope. And the bones were coming together. Can these bones live again? Can flesh be upon these bones, he was asked. And Ezekiel said, only you know that. And the Lord God prophesied. Ezekiel prophesied to the refashioned body of Israel. And lo and behold, the wind came, the breath came, and breathed into Israel, and Israel was raised from the dead and ultimately restored to the Holy Land. 
and to the promise. This is the almighty power of God, the one whom we worship this morning. The one who is at the source of all of our life, of the life of the whole cosmos. God called it all into being, and we are all dependent on Him, and we, in Him we live and move, and we have our being in Him, and His Holy Spirit is what gives us our unique humanity and identity. That's why we're here this morning. The Spirit has led us to this place. We come here to charge, in, charge the inner resources of our lives, the energies that we know we need with the Spirit of the living God. When the Spirit departs, that's the end of our earthly story. And so we live with this awareness that this God has been our refuge, our dwelling place in all generations. And at the same time, what the psalmist does is that he juxtaposes this understanding of God's time with our own human time, with our own mortality, and the fact that we are made of dust and the Lord God can speak to us and say, turn back to dust. And we return to the dust. N.T. Wright said that God's time and our time overlap and intersect. And they're in dialogue every day of our life. And blessed are those who have the eyes and the ears to see and to hear and believe that we live in this remarkable tension of our own mortality and God's immortality. And that poses unique tensions and anxieties and fears and struggles in our own souls, trying to work out that balance between eternity and time. We're caught up in that and we're caught up, not just in our own human story, but in the story of God. That profound saying that a thousand years are like one day to the Lord. I think the psalmist wants us to ask, how do we pray? And what do we ask for in as we come to terms with our own mortality in the light of God's immortality, which he has built into our hearts as well. Several words are suggested in this poem prayer for us to reflect upon. The first one is the word wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. And I think what that is about is this biblical realism that we're not going to live forever. That the things of this world that we know about pass away, they come and they go. That world history is scattered with the artifacts and the relics 
of civilizations from Egypt to Palestine to, to Iraq to Iran to, to Greece and Turkey and in Europe and Rome and, and all of that. We visit these places to see what former civilizations represented. Their majesty and their glory that now is in ruins. We take our vacations and we enjoy those, these wonderful places, but to see into the depths of what happened in those places, it, it ought to be staggering to us. Through modern technology, they've now developed a way of, of looking into the great pyramids in Egypt, and they've discovered this, this nearly 5,000-year-old pyramid, the largest there on the plains of Giza, a vacuum of space inside of that. Maybe they've discovered the burial tomb of the great Pharaoh. Staggering, so wisdom. Wisdom to know the truth. Wisdom to face reality. Wisdom to know that God has set boundaries for our lives. And calls us to be so alive today in this present to his reality that we can trust in him and walk in his way and know, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, that God, who is the source of our life, has made Christ to be our wisdom. And that the wisdom that we need this morning to face mortality and eternity is the very wisdom that was incarnate in Jesus of Nazareth who profoundly trusted God with the totality of his life, who lifted up his life and his life, his death and resurrection in order to bring us hope so that we might walk in his way and continue to take refuge in this God from one generation to another. Blessed is the soul that rests in God's wisdom, Jesus Christ, who is the source of the meaning and purpose of our lives. Pray for wisdom. Don't be in denial. Americans love to deny mortality. Our kids think they're going to live forever. And they risk their lives. And then we get to a certain age and we begin to face the fact that we're not going to live forever. And then begins the existential crisis about the meaning and purpose of life. We understand how ephemeral things are. Pray for wisdom. Pray for compassion. That's the second word that is suggested by the psalmist here, compassion. When Moses was called to lead Israel out of Egyptian slavery, it was God who said to them, I've seen my people, I've heard their cries, and I've been deeply moved with compassion to come down and to call you and to send you down to Egypt to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. It is God's compassion, a compassion that goes to the very depths of God's being that moved him to send Moses Moses was lacking in compassion. <laughs> he only learned compassion. Some of the most 
powerful parts of Moses' story were those times when he pleaded with God on behalf of his people when they were unfaithful and said, look, if you're going to destroy your people and go back on your promises, then just take me out. I don't want to be a part of this project anymore. The Gospels tell us that Jesus looked at the world around him through the eyes of compassion and was moved to the depths of his being. Compassion, empathy, deep feeling, even for oneself. When the compassion of God is within you, this is one of the things we need. I, one of the things I'm learning at this particular time is to have some compassion for myself. as well as my loved ones. How important that is. To realize that there's something out there in the world and it's not just me. That is a God. there is a God, it's not me. There are others. And I need to learn to see others and to feel along with others and to have compassion for their struggles and their journey. We learn through suffering We pray for compassion. Compassion is able to empower us to stand in this present moment. We pray for satisfaction. Satisfy us with your love in the morning so that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. We're a generation that seeks satisfaction in so many different places. Accumulating pleasures, trying to fill up that God-shaped vacuum that's within every one of our souls and realizing the more we put in, the more we need. We cannot get enough money, sex, or power to satisfy our soul's deep needs. St. Augustine in the 5th century realized, he saw, he's, he's talking about himself and his confessions, he said, what I've been involved with is licking the earth, filling myself with all the pleasures of life, money, sex, power, recognition, honor. And the more I received, the more I needed. And it was driving me insane, and he said, to God, Lord, you have created us for yourselves and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. He discovered that God alone was the source of satisfaction that could fill up that inner vacuum in our souls. This is what the psalmist knows about. And it's why this psalm is so very powerful. What do you want from life? What desires drive you and that you think if you just could achieve your desires, you'd have everything that you need. Satisfy us with your love in the morning. Each morning in the little worship outline that I follow, seems like there's a little prayer there. And it always begins with this verse from Psalm 90. Satisfy us with your love in the morning 
so that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. This is a profound sense of joy that comes out of engaging life as it is, rooted in God's wisdom that sustains our lives. May your favor or grace rest upon us, the psalmist prays. Favor could be translated grace. Great writers in spiritual, spirituality and spiritual theology say that grace is everywhere. That grace is in everything. And without this grace, this unconditional favor and blessing of God upon our lives, we could not live one day. And if you don't have an awareness of that, your life may be miserable. And you may never have the courage to face up what the truth of human existence is and how much we need God. We believe that the love and grace of God has become incarnate in Jesus. Grace and truth was revealed in Jesus. And we see this grace and truth in one another. And it is a beautiful thing. And our family at this particular time, the way that you have been loving us and supporting us has been absolutely wonderful. So grateful for all the cards and calls and wonderful food and sharing of life journey. Favor a community rooted in grace. And the last word I think the psalmist suggests, and there, there may be others, this psalm is loaded. Prosper the work of our hands. The psalmist prays for prosperity. Now this is not the foundation for prosperity theology that we hear on television so often causes me to ask, what's the work of my hands? What's the work of your hands? What are you investing yourself in? Your time, your energy, your money. What do you want to build that will make a difference in the long pull of life? What do you want prospered? I, we can think of so much. You know, we, we get married, we build our families. How often do we pray for our children? Prosper the work of our hands. Prosper our marriages. You know, yesterday when the home health care people were at our house, the nurse was there, the first question that she asked was, almost the first question was, um, while one of our workers is here, if your heart stops or you have another stroke, do you want to be resuscitated? Kay's response to that was absolutely no. Of course, my cry is yes. The only way you can deal with these tough kinds of questions in life is to know who is God 
and something about the goodness of God and that we live and move, have our being in Him. And as we pass from this life into the next, whatever and however that happens, God is with us and for us and nothing can separate us from His love. That's why this psalm is often read at memorial services. It's a staggering reminder of our mortality and yet of the goodness and the greatness of God's love. And repeatedly he talks of joy. Yesterday, I didn't have much joy in my soul. It didn't seem. All I had was tears. And tears and joy get mixed up together. And so my prayer is this morning, Lord, in the things that I have worked so hard to build in my family, with our children and grandchildren, the things that I've tried to build into the life of this church. And to empower a church for its mission to the ends of the earth. Prosper that work. Prosper my business. Prosper my school. Prosper this community. Let us know, let us see that you're with us in all these vicissitudes of life. Let us see. And let us trust that even though there are limitations and boundaries for human life, that life is yet meaningful and filled with purpose and it has an end, a destiny, which is the fullness of the new creation. And each day we pray. And it's why the Psalms are so important for us to pray. They teach us how to pray. Give us insight into what we ought to be asking for. To the glory of God. Let's pray together. Immortal God, you shaped each one of us from the dust of the earth and you breathed your life into us. You call us to live for you each day, one day at a time, to plan, to work, to develop, to build, but to do it in such a way that we know we're walking with you and you are the source of the energy for our work. None of us knows how our lives will be measured ultimately. But we know that our lives are written in the Lamb's book of life. And to know that our names are there and that we belong to you is a source of great fulfillment. Help us each to learn to pray and to know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord right now, in this moment, but forevermore. Fill us with your joy. Satisfy us with your love each morning of our lives so that we may rejoice and be glad in all your good gifts. We pray in your name. Amen.
Please stand with me and we'll affirm our faith together. The Apostles' Creed. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering. In the morning when I rise, give me wisdom, give me compassion, give me grace, give me Jesus. In the morning when I You can 
Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. O God of Abraham and Sarah, of Moses and Deborah, of Ruth and David, of Mary and Joseph, of our mothers and fathers, we thank you for people in every age who have followed you, from every race and tongue, from every people and nation, for the famous and the unsung, for martyrs, for reformers, for those dear to us who are at rest with you. You have gathered them into your kingdom and filled them with the joy of your presence. And so as your church on earth and in heaven, we lift before you all who cry out today for help, for healing, for deliverance, for justice, for peace. With those around your throne, we ask, how long, O Lord, until the day when all pain is healed, when all war ceases, when your will is done on earth as in heaven? As you empowered them, so empower us. Use us and use these gifts for your work in this world even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
In life and in death, we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, go forth in peace. Amen.